Discovery's four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Three, two, one, zero, zero, Hello world, it is an exciting week. Apple just wrapped up their March 8th event. We're gonna talk about everything they announced. But first of all, my name is Gregory McFadden, joined always with my co-host Travis M C Travel P. I just say space travel. I That's right. Oh, oh. <laughs> Greg. Uh, I can I can see that your egg is scrambled a little bit. You've been working with all this Apple release stuff that you're missing. You're stepping on the the intro. You're playing things twice. I mean, it's been tough for you this week, hasn't it, Greg? Yes. Uh, I don't. I don't. I know how to make uh, Apple <clears throat> videos, and that's it at this point. I don't know how to socialize with people. Uh, <laughs> at one point, Travis, I put out like four videos in the span of two days, and I was like mm. looking at it all, and I'm like, whoa. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're jumping on board when you need to jump on board. This is yes. one of the two or three times a year where you need to get it while you can get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe more this year. I mean, I mean, we're in March, right? So there's still a couple more opportunities. Maybe four times this year, right? Maybe. Yeah, it's uh, it's a crazy uh, season uh, because Apple. Uh, we're going to talk about everything Apple announced with the new. Uh, Mac Studio, uh, iPad Air, iPhone SE, Studio Display. But uh, I was just reading rumors again today because the rumor mill never stops. And uh, they're saying, like, maybe we could even expect more Macs from now until Apple's next event, which would be WWDC in June. So they're saying mm. maybe more Macs. It's hard to say because so, many, so much of these leaks have, have been accurate, but a lot of them haven't been just either inaccurate or the timing is wrong or something weird. Like we're getting like a couple of, I don't know, when did we first hear about the, the studio? The studio was very last minute. That was like right. a day before the event. And I remember doing a video on it going, you know what? This actually makes sense with the, the peak performance tagline being spelled a different way than actual the peak of performance. So I was like, you know, this actually makes a lot of sense to me. And, and lo and behold, it, it came out and uh, yeah, it was 100% accurate. Sometimes you hear those rumors and they don't pass the sniff test. You're kind of like, okay, this comes out a day before. This is not happening. There's no way. And I feel like we got a lot of last minute rumors like the week before. They're saying maybe an M2 MacBook Pro would be at this event. And you're like, well, they didn't release all the M1 Macs. It really doesn't make sense for them to do that at this point. And why would they put it in the in the MacBook Pro instead of the MacBook Air first and show that off to really build hype off a new chip? So there's a lot of stuff that sometimes doesn't make sense. And you think about it for a second and you go, I don't think that's going to be there. And uh, I think we got to give it to our friend, uh, friend of the show, Luke Miani, Duke Miami. Um, he's a leaker all of a sudden. That was like his mm. report and his leak. And he uh, he called all that. So I was like, I didn't even know yeah. how to believe that because uh, his he, he put out some renders uh, with uh, renders by Ian, who does a great job doing all those like Apple concept renders. And they put this out like a day before the event. And there was some stuff they didn't get. But for the most part, it it pretty much looked exactly like what they announced. Like, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. The last second stuff. Let's um, let's rewind, though, first before we jump, because this is what pretty much the entire show is going to be about the, the Apple presentation. So let's rewind a little bit. Uh, talk real quick about some things outside of that, and then we'll jump deep in. But I think we should start with the iPhone SE before we get into the the Apple stuff, because that's going to be very fast. We're going to go through. Yeah. We're just going to we're going to go through all that the, the stuff that's not as important. The, the colors. Board. You got You know, we got to yeah. hold you for the whole show. Is what Travis <laughs> yeah, yeah, is yeah. saying. We were talking about Basically. the Mac Studio. I was about to go on a tangent. Travis was like, "Wait a minute! I've no, done, no, no, no. I've been in this podcast game for a little while. We can't lead with the uh, hit story. Uh, right. iPhone SE. It's pretty much what we expected. Looks the same." has an A15 chip in it, has 5G. I think the big surprise to me, and I kind of really didn't like this, was that they raised the price by 29, 29 bucks. And I kind of yeah, felt like, ah, uh, come on. Well, so people were saying, um, I mean, I was like, well, probably silicon shortages probably has something to do with it or uh, shipping shortages or something like that. But then it also could be the, the new 5G, you know, modem in it or something. I mean, it could be any number of things. It was a little bit of a bummer to see that, but... It's still going to be because if you think about it, the people, a lot of people who are going to be buying this are going to be buying it on monthly payment plans and $30 over the course of three years is nothing. So 
for people paying paying for it straight out, which I don't think there's going to be that many people buying that phone straight out. Um, yeah, it's a little bit like ah, oh, that sucks. But for people who are going to be doing the sixteen dollars a month or whatever, uh, it's what sixteen fifty probably. You know, it's like yeah, it's I very mean, little. in the grand scheme of buying a phone, twenty nine dollars not the biggest thing in the world to really complain yeah. about. Not going to stop you from buying this phone. It's just one of those things that you look at and it's like. You look at the design of it, and it's pretty old, and you think there's just mm. going to be a huge savings pass on the customer. So the fact that it's actually just yeah. a little bit more expensive than the old iPhone right. SE, uh, it just kind of makes you go, "Well, okay, I wasn't." Yeah. You know, we're even wondering maybe it'd be like a 350 phone, you know, and is but it wasn't. It's even more expensive, um, and I think that is. To, I don't know if I could say to Apple's credit, but to their consistency, when they've added on 5G to even the uh, 12 and the 13. Technically, those phones are what, uh, eight hundred and twenty nine and seven hundred and twenty nine dollars, because mm -hmm. to get to get it at that eight hundred dollar flat price point, you actually do have to buy it through the carriers. But if you buy it unlocked, there is kind of like this little twenty nine dollar tax added, and I'm guessing that's due to five G. For some reason, adding five G boosts the price of these phones twenty nine dollars. Right, right. Maybe um, I think um, well, it's still an important phone. Because uh, yeah. Apple likes to have phones <coughs> across multiple price ranges. Very smart. Um, it's not exciting to us because we're tech tubers and stuff, and we're always looking no. for the latest and greatest stuff. But it's actually a really important product for Apple. It was um, still one of the top 10 selling phones uh, the year it came out. I think it was number two or something like that. And it was um, even a year or so later, it was still like in the top 10. So it's a you know it's a money maker for apple it's not the most exciting thing but when you get a 400 hundred dollar phone with the a15 uh i'm looking around everywhere else going what other 400 hundred dollar phones have a best in class leading processor which of course will help with things like photography and stuff and 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 have 5g and have all these things there's there's not a lot out there that can that can say that yeah i think the silicon is really cool in it i made a point in my video saying for all intents and purposes, I agree with a lot of people. It's a, it's a boring phone. I'm not that excited for it, to be honest. But right. I try and take myself out of that and picture I'm a customer looking at this phone and I want to try and highlight all the positives. And to be able to walk in and get what is essentially a $400 phone and not be left behind in the processor department is something you really can't say for any Android phone out there right now. There's no Android phone on the market that ever pursues that strategy of putting a flagship processor into a phone at that low of a price point. And, you know, you might go, oh, who, you know, customers, who needs all that power in an iPhone? You know, this is getting ridiculous. But uh, the longevity of these devices, you know, to a budget customer, especially where they want to keep these phones for the next five years plus, And then you're telling me that because it's an iPhone, uh, it's going to get updates for like probably the next eight years. If you look at how long the original iPhone SE has been supported and mm -hmm. you're going to be able to use this phone eight years from now and you're going to receive day one updates you're not going to have to have any of this weird release schedule you get the phone when ios you know 16 17 18 19 20 comes out you're there day one with the rest of everyone else enjoying all the new features that's important that's cool i like that and i've always liked that about apple's strategy with their updates uh on these older phones yeah it's um i'm excited for I'm excited for the fact that this is a thing. Uh, I'm not excited to buy the phone. I even did a video about this. Like, you know, it's a, it's a great phone, but no one who's watching this video is going to buy it. I still believe that. Um, but anyway, it's important for their portfolio. Did um, you pick an iPhone SE up? No, no, I didn't. So I considered it, but I'm focusing on other things on the channel, which I'll talk about later. Yeah. I had considered it. I considered it. And considered one thing it, was... Yeah. When I did the one video about it and, and realized that not that many people... I mean, I already kind of knew those people weren't going to buy the phone, but I thought maybe I might watch a video on it. And that really wasn't the case. It was kind of like, okay, yeah, there's no really no reason for me to buy it. Um, unless I can think of something interesting, but I, I don't, I don't see myself picking that up. I am, however, picking up one of the new color cases because they came out with some new color uh, cases for the silicon Apple, um, the silicone version of the Apple uh, phones. Oh yes. Some yes. really cool colors. One that finally matches the, the actual blue. I saw um, that. And I, I remember you complaining distinctly about there's no right. color option for this new blue. What is right. Apple doing? There you go. Ironically, <laughs> ironically, they had a green leather case and now they come out with the green iPhone. Yeah. So I don't know, but no green leather, no blue leather case. So I don't know why they didn't do that, but um, yeah, new green case. That was something else that came out that we heard about very, I mean, last second again, right? Yeah. I mean, not nothing exciting other than the color. And the color is kind of nice on the Pro, I think. 
Um, it reminded me a lot of the 11 Pro series, but I guess when I saw I just seen video and you saw the comparison between the two, there actually is still a significant difference in color. I think I remember it differently. Uh, I remember it being a darker green, but obviously it's not. It's more darker this this year. So interesting that they started doing this now with these color things where they'll wait a couple months and then come out with another color, which sucks, by the way. Like, please don't do that because people aren't going to double dip for colors. Not very many people. I think we would like the option at the beginning. Yeah, it's that classic Apple thing, or I, I think even a couple other smartphone manufacturers have done this where it's kind of like you get to like rebuild hype because of a new color but it's all all it is is a new color change and if you really like that new color you kind of feel burned of like i really wish yeah. this was an option when i bought my phone i would have got the new green color if this was not i mean i'm pretty happy with my blue to be honest i'm not mm -hmm. really envious on this new green color it looks like the mm -hmm. 11 pro which again i think is kind of cool that was a cool color but I'm not too upset, but I saw a lot of people going, if this was available day one, mm -hmm. this is the one I would have got. And I'm like, people, mo well, most sane people aren't going to go out and rebuy a phone because of the color choice. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, it's, with that. I just wish they would do it all at one time, but okay. So yeah. it was another announcement. Now, another announcement, which we, which we knew was right is the air, the iPad air getting the update, um, but what's interesting about it is, I mean, A, still 64 gigs for the base storage, which is very Apple. Um, but perhaps more interestingly, this thing is darn near a pro. It is so close yes. to being an iPad pro that you almost have to question, why would you ever buy a pro? One of the, one aspect would be, okay, 120 Hertz, that's fair. That's fair, but what's the price difference between those two? Because that's one of the only differences that's any kind of like significant thing. I think I think for me, the <clears throat> biggest differences between uh, the Air and the Pro at this point would be the 120 hertz, mm -hmm. and then the speaker system on the Pro is slightly better, which I do like. I do like that about uh, the yeah. Pro iPads. They sound pretty nice. Um, sure. But that's, in terms of usability, I think that's the main thing at this point. I'm, I'm still a little shock that they put the m1 into the air i guess uh maybe it makes sense we've heard so much about these chip shortages at this point and the a15 is the iphone's chip so if they're making these chips and they're already having shortages with iphone their top seller they cannot release products that have this a15 chip in it that are going to be high demand and i'm thinking and It'd be interesting to like see like a behind the scenes on this if we ever get like a story. I'm thinking they went, well, we we're making so many of these M1 chips. We'll just put the M1 in the air. We won't have to worry about supply shortages for the iPhone. Because I think if there was no shortages, I really think there would be an A15 in this. Because I feel like uh, competitively, people look at the specs for the Air and the Pro. And they're kind of wondering, why should I get an iPad Pro? I think it's a great, what is it, a, a Rorschach test where you put like an mm -hmm. ink blot? Because I think right now, there's two sides to this, depending on how you look at both of these products. I think you have half the people looking at the iPad Air and going, why would I get an iPad Pro for $200 more? And I think you got another side kind of looking at it going, why would I get the iPad Air when I can get all these other things on the iPad Pro that are better? Like, there's like both of these points. I don't know who's necessarily correct. It's kind of, <laughs> I think the starting storage on the air is like the biggest weakness for me. Like 64 is not enough. And the only other option is to get 256 for $750. Then you're $50 away from a 128 gigabyte pro. That's the hard thing. Yeah. And I, you know, I'd be really curious cause I have to, I'm going to go to an Apple store. I was going to go yesterday. Maybe I'll go today or tomorrow. Um, to get my new colored case. And now I'm kind of curious to ask one of the sales associates there what they are telling people is the difference and why you should buy one over the other because more than likely it's the marketing information from Apple. So I'd be interested to see what Apple thinks themselves is, you know, like why would you buy one or the other? Of course, they're going to say, well, if you're doing this, that, and the other, you probably want to use the Pro. Well, the main and really major thing between the two besides storage, which is a big deal, and the 120 hertz, is the fact that they're both using the same processor, which is the thing that's going to get the job done. Um, I guess, but so what is it? Is a $200 difference between the bases of the two? So it's interesting. There is a $200 difference between the base models of these devices. However, 
let's say you took an iPad Pro and you put 256 gigabytes on it, and you took an iPad Air and you put 256 gigabytes on it, the real price difference between both of them at the same specs is $150. Mm, gotcha. It's still still a, a bit of a difference like that, you know? like Yeah. Again, it's, it's like I said, it's kind of a test to see uh, what kind of person you are because there are some people that would go, $150, bucks. well, I'm going all out. What's the big deal? But then you have people on the other side of the spectrum who are like $150. That's a lot of $150. Bucks. What are you what are you crazy? I'm yeah. gonna get the iPad Air. It's basically the same thing. So yeah. I think it's kind of a test to see where your values are when you're purchasing tech. I think most most people, most average people going in looking at both of these devices, I think they walk away with the air. Uh, and I also think, you know, uh, you look at the air, you look at like some of the color options that are available, you go, you know what? This iPad Air is looking pretty good. I wish some of the iPad uh, pros had these color choices. Yeah, it's interesting. And I see people in the chat talking about uh, putting M series of chips into iPhones. I would watch, uh, I think a year or so ago, Renee Ritchie did a, <clears throat> a video about an M series iPhone that I think really answers that question. So for anyone who's wondering, well, why don't they just put an M series in an iPhone? I would look at that. Um, the, you know, the, the kind of short answer is um, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be as beneficial as people think uh, because currently the M series is based off of a much older chip than the, um, the, than the current a 15. Um, and then the, the power that the M series has over an a series is in things that I don't think are very beneficial to a smartphone. So I don't see that ever happening. It could happen just for us for any random reason, but I don't see it happening. It would be kind of weird. Um, Okay, so back, but back to what we're saying, the air. So I guess the the long and the short of it is the air. Do you buy it? Uh, it it's in such a weird. It's in a weirder place than it was before they announced this, Greg. I, I feel like, or it, it well, has yeah, compromised I, I think the it is in a weirder so. place because I think before I my advice would be do not buy this device. It's very outdated. Right. You get an iPad Mini. It's more powerful. Mm -hmm. um, but now it's in a weirder spot because I I'm on, I'm not sure what the recommendation is to make. Um, it's such a priorities thing. Uh, you know, I think 64 gigabytes is way too low for this type of device. Mm -hmm. The amount of power it's packing to last you the next five years plus, this thing's going to yes. last forever with an M1. Um, yeah. I feel like you get the 256, but hey, I, I don't know. Maybe you're really not using storage at all. Maybe you're like getting this, you're using it for a couple things. It's mostly internet-based streaming. Maybe the 64 does you fine. And if you could really live with that, if you could, if you know, if you know any added storage is going to be a waste of money, that's probably a really good deal. My big complaint with this is Apple positions the iPad Pro and now even the iPad Air as these laptop alternatives or replacements, whatever you want to call them. And I just feel like with the M1 in it, I really feel like it's just... Out, they almost went out of their way to find 64 gigabytes. There's no M1 Mac or M1 iPad before this that could be configured with 64 gigabytes. It was at least 128. So I get why they did it, because I think if you had a 128 gigabyte iPad Air, the, who would buy the Pro? <laughs> you know, I feel like then it's like, that's the, you know, who, yeah, just go for that. But I do wish there was an extra option in the middle. I would pay $50 more on this iPad Air for the 128 gigabytes, and I think that would be fine. You can get that on the iPhone SE. You can pay $50 more, you get double the storage. If they could have fit that in this lineup, I think it makes um, my recommendations a little bit easier. But because the jump is so big to get the next storage tier, and because that rubs right up against the iPad Pro where a lot of people can make that 128 option work, Mm -hmm. It's so difficult for me to decide which one to go with. with well, the, here's the other thing. It really depends. It depends <laughs> on what you want and how you're going to use this thing. I think it'll be more clear when the new iPad Pro comes out. If they decide yeah. to continue the 11-inch iPad Pro and decide to not raise the price on it, it should then have uh, mini LED, um, of course, 120 hertz, uh, bigger storage, at only about $150 to $200 more. And at that point, I think they do separate them, and M2 probably. So I think at that point, it's much more obvious what who is for what. I think right now it's just blurry because they're just too similar and it's just a weird thing. I think it, there's not enough of a separation of them yet, yeah. but I think that'll change. If I could year. look into my crystal ball and make a prediction for the next 11-inch iPad Pro, I think... 
and then maybe this would actually make the air way better. Uh, I think it's going to get more expensive. They raised the price $100 when they put mini LED on the 12.9 inch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they released the new MacBook Pros. They're very expensive. That mini LED is not uh, cheap to produce by any means. Mm-hmm. And prices in general are just going up from everything going on in the world right now. I think when they do refresh this M2 iPad Pro, uh, if they put mini, especially if they put mini LED on the 11 inch, I think that's now an $899 device. And then you have a $300 price difference. And then that's a way easier conversation to have. It, you know, the, the hard part for me is looking at the air and looking at what you really get. I know it looks nice, but if you really look at that base model iPad, that mm-hmm. comes with 64 gigabytes of starting storage. It comes with an A13 chip. Um, and it's half the price of that device mm-hmm. with the same starting storage. You know, that's the one I look at and I go... I know it doesn't look as nice. I know it doesn't have that cool design, but everything you could do on that iPad Air, maybe if you're getting the Apple Pencil, okay, but like if you're just getting it for like a tablet kind of thing, mm-hmm. realistically, there's no difference. It, they both even have fingerprint sensors, and I think I'd make the argument that the regular iPad has it in the better spot than having it on the power button for an iPad. So I'm kind of looking at that going... I know it's not like the cool thing to have, but you you spend half, literally half the price and get yourself that base model iPad, which continues to just be uh, that amazing value. And it's not exciting like that. That is the real SE device where it's like you really look at it and you look at the other offerings and you're going, yeah, if you really need an iPad, you should probably just get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The base level is still just hard to beat and whenever it goes on sale it's like impossible to beat it's oh like, yeah and it doing? regularly goes on sale for like below 300 like sometimes like 250 if you're like, like yeah during this holiday season or well that's a long time away next holiday <laughs> season it'll be it'll be like 250 again yeah uh all right so that's the air and that's the oh, iphone before, before i move on oh, i just want oh, to yeah, yeah. real quick because i, I yeah. kept having it in my head i kept forgetting oh yeah, yeah. so what do you like i we're talking about options. All of a sudden we're talking about options. And, mm. you know, historically when we talk about Apple, we talk about a lack of options that they have. And that's something people have always complained about. Oh, uh, Apple has this. I wish they would offer me this at a lesser price point and I would take these sacrifices. Mm. Well, with these products, Travis, and, you know, we're talking about a lot of online discourse basically deciding, oh, what, what do I get? What do I get? Well, even if you don't like these products, the Air and the SE, these are options now. These are, you know, with the Air, it's a cheaper option. It doesn't get everything the Pro has. I've seen so many people in my comments going, I would have bought this if they added 120 hertz. And if they basically, if they added everything with the iPad Pro and lowered the price point, it's like, well, yeah, of, <laughs> well, course, of course you would. Of course Duh. you would buy it. That's an iPad Pro. <laughs> like, <Exactly>. yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You have to understand that because it's a lower price point, it needs to. They need to drop some things to hit that price point. And then mm-hmm. with the iPhone SE, um, listen, I, I fully acknowledge it's not the phone for me. It's probably not the phone for anyone who's watching my videos. Mm-hmm. I think the views on my iPhone SE video prove that out. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's an option. And it's something rare that I think past Apple might ha- not have done to, to this point of, um, you know, Apple gets criticized, maybe rightfully so sometimes, for moving too fast. So mm-hmm. I think there's a scenario where Apple releases the iPhone 10 and they never release another phone with a home button after that. They go, the home, that, that home button, it's over. You know, they release a device, they get rid of ports, they brought the ports back. But before that, they're like, you know what, these are the ports you get now. This is what you get. So now Apple is giving you those options. They have an older style phone design that they're still selling in their lineup that a lot of people are going, why are you still selling that older design? But it's still an option for the people that really like that. How do you, how do you feel about that, Travis? As far as like just switching completely over, like taking an iPhone 10R and making it the new SE? No, I'm, I'm saying like people are, are, people are complaining that Apple's keeping these older options around. Yeah. Like they're right. updating them. Mm-hmm. But do you think they should just rip the Band-Aid off and move everyone over and say, this this home buttons thing, it's it's obviously going away. You should just come in with us. Or do you think they should keep providing that kind of design for people who 
refuse to move over, who don't, or let's be honest, who don't want to move over, who don't want to take the time to learn something that's honestly, I think, pretty simple to grasp, uh, even for most people who are like older in my family who have moved to these new devices, took them a couple days to get the hang of it, but they got the hang of it. I, I think they did at one point when the iPhone 10 came out and then for a couple years, there wasn't an option. Of course, the iPhone 8 and the 10 came out at the same time, so you had a button. It was the last time we really had a button. Uh, but by the time the 11 came out, I don't, was the 8 still available when the 11 came out? I don't remember if that was. Yeah, it was. It was in the lineup. Okay. For, it was basically the SE at the same price point, but they never updated it. So it was like a really bad deal to get. At some point, yeah. Yeah. And and what I think, they and I think the reason they brought it back isn't because they're like particularly greedy and want this thing out there. I think it's because there's a demand. And apparently, um, especially in places like India, it's actually a, a pretty popular version of the phone. So it's an easy decision for them to go, just keep putting the newer processor in there and see if you can figure out a way to, to make it better each year. But we're keeping the design. And by the way, some people like that design. Again, it's not going to be a lot of us, but it doesn't have to be because there's more people that are not us than are us, if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. So I I mean, I would like for them to move on, but I, it, it doesn't matter because I'm not buying this phone anyway. So what matter? What, what does it matter what I think? Uh, this isn't for me. It isn't for most of the people listening to this this, this podcast, whether it be audio or video. Um it's not for us. So I think Apple isn't doing it just because. I think they're doing it because there's a there's people out there buying it. Because think of it this way. It's obviously a business decision. If everyone felt like we did, they wouldn't sell any. Thus, they wouldn't make any because it would be a bad business decision. There are people buying this. Sales figures have already come out You know, over the last couple of years of the, the SE that came out a couple of years ago. And it was a pretty big winner. Like It sold a lot. So it, the, the answer is stop buying them. I mean, really, if you want Apple to move forward, stop buying the stuff. And I say that about a lot of stuff like, oh, they're charging all this money. They shouldn't be able to get away with it. Well, then stop buying it. That's literally how you get prices to come down, is to get people to stop buying it. And if it turns out that they don't stop buying it, why should they stop making it? If you had your own business where you were putting something out there and you realized you could get more of a profit um, by you know using an older version of, let's say you bake pies, Right. And you're like, well, there's this new sugar-free thing I could put in there. It's going to cost me an extra 50 cents per pie slice that I put in there. It's going to, I'm going to lose some profit, but it'll be good for people. It's going to be better. I'm moving everything along, but people don't seem to care. And they're willing to spend 50 cents more for the other one. The one that doesn't have this new 50 cent thing. And you're actually making more profit. Are you going to stop doing that? I mean, why? You're not a good business person. If you said yes, you're not a good business person. You probably do not own a business. So until people stop buying it, it's going to exist. Whether we think it's a dumb thing or a trash thing to do or not, it will not stop until people stop buying it. End of story. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Well said. Well said. So right. that is the SE and that is the Air. Now, there's a bunch of meat after this because it's I don't think air. anyone even knew that the M1 Ultra was a thing until no. they like popped it up. And then it's like, wait a minute. How come that didn't leak? Like, how did how did that happen? And I think maybe I, I'm trying to figure out how did that happen? Because that's kind of a big deal to have not leaked. It would be one thing if the ultra wasn't coming out until later this year. So they got ahead of it. But the fact that products are shipping this coming up week with that thing means it's been out there. Now from the outside of any of these studios, you wouldn't be able to tell. So the fact that the studio was, was hidden for as long as it was, is also another amazing feat by Apple, especially as many people want to leak that stuff as possible. But even when that leaked, there wasn't like a, oh, by the way, incredible new SOC coming out. The Ultra looks crazy. Now, there are some <clears throat> uh, bench scores that are coming out. A lot of questions. Is it on the GPU side? Is it better than a 3090? Uh, in some cases, yes. In many cases, no. But in some cases, yes, which is kind of crazy. Is it better than a top, a top uh, desktop Intel processor? In some cases, yes. In some cases, no, but the fact that it ever is, is kind of crazy. So the, the, the whole thing of them hiding in plain sight, this connection thing, which I actually think Max tech or someone a while back had mentioned that they thought that's what they were going to use to, to get the next version of this was kind of incredible. Cause they basically hid 
the ability to expand this thing. Like remember when SLI first came out for GPUs, when you bought two GPUs and connected them together to get better performance, basically the same damn thing, but better. And now you've got this incredibly powerful thing. That's the size of a two Mac mini stacked on top of each other. And it's kind of incredible. Now I know you got what two coming to you. Yeah. Are you like super hyped about this? Or are you just kind of like, ah, oh, you know, I just want to see it, you know, just, you know, my, my stuff's going to open up the same as it always was. But are you, or are you like, Oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm super hyped for it. I, I know maybe uh, some people out there watching this would go, why are you super hyped for uh, a little desktop computer? Um, but you know, I, I said it in my videos, this is a type of, com a type of desktop computer. I didn't foresee Apple making ever again. Um, it's basically, I know you can spec it out to ridiculous prices. Um, but you know, like the base model and all that, it's a $2,000, uh, mid spec kind of PC, at least in today's market where you can spend a ridiculous amount of money configuring, especially on like GPU stuff. Um, but you know, Desktop PCs, they're not like the hottest thing in the world, especially not uh, with Macs because, you know, let's be honest, gaming on a Mac isn't a thing, whereas uh, gaming on PC, that's actually something people want to do. Back a few years ago, it kind of looked like Apple was trying to get away from this market and not make this type of desktop anymore. It looked like they were going to keep the Mac Mini around and just offer that at a low price point, a very easy computer for them to make. And then, you know, they were going to make the Mac Pro. And if you want it, the full desktop experience, we'll sell it to you. But it's going to, you know, you're going to have to be in this kind of market. You're going to need to at least give us $6,000. So you, I thought, okay, well, Apple, obviously, they sell a lot of their laptops. That's their biggest seller. They're obviously going to keep making Pro laptops. And they're going to focus on this iMac. The iMacs have become so powerful now. Uh, especially with Apple Silicon, I'm sure they can get these chips to fit inside of an iMac, and that's going to be it, right? You're going to have the Mac Mini, the iMac, and Mac Pro. And what happened was kind of the opposite. The iMac, the 27-inch, at least the machine I used to use, it's gone. It's discontinued on their website. People don't even know if it's coming back at this point. So now they have this mid-size Mac Studio, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have to see when I get it, but... I'm just going to take Apple at their word, considering they haven't lied about their silicon performance yet. And what we know about Apple Silicon is that it's very low power. It's uh, it doesn't really have too many thermal issues because, the, you know, the low energy consumption means it doesn't heat up that much. So you might look at that small desktop design and think, oh, this thing's going to throttle at performance. But with Apple Silicon, it won't. And it basically gives... I would say the creative market who is looking for this kind of desktop, everything they would want in a small little desktop box, uh, even down to the port arrangement where if you're getting that ultra configuration, uh, you're getting six Thunderbolt ports, which is just a crazy amount of expandability for like high speed storage, uh, driving high resolution monitors. And I think the design makes... Um, a lot of sense for that type of market, a market that I'm in. So I'm very excited for it. And the ultra chip, I don't even know if I can really, you know, the M1 Max, what I, which I currently use, is already ridiculously fast. Um, I'm sure I could get all my work done on an, M on an M1 Pro. I can get all my work done, honestly, honestly. And I, there might be a little, there might be a little slow down here or there, but I can get all my work done, and I have for a while, on an M1 machine. So this ultra sounds to me at least, ridiculous. It's probably the highest I would ever need to go. Uh, I'm sure I'll only see slight benefits from it, if I even see a benefit from moving over to it. But I'm more interested to see what someone else can do with this chip. You know? Like, if that makes sense. I'm more interested to see what other uh, creative types who can actually utilize this performance. Mm. And I'm kind of looking forward to those release day review videos where people go over the performance with people who actually have all these skills and are, are using higher resolution cameras than me, who have to work mm -hmm. with all these uh, <laughs> graphics or stuff like that. I want to see what they can do with it because I do think it just sounds so impressive to me. Yeah, I also, um, I'm curious how loud those fans are going to be because they look kind of big. 
I think they're going to uh, be super the first quiet. Time <laughs> they should be because everything yeah. else has. But then again, we've never seen fans this big on an M processor, period. Yeah. Because the need has never been there. So this is kind of interesting. They're throwing in a bunch more wattage at this thing. Um, so they're cooling it off in a way that seems more, I don't want to say it's excessive because obviously there's a reason for it, but it's freaking huge. Up to this point, you've seen either little fans or no fans on the M processors. Yeah. Now we're doing things that looks like a legit like GPU uh, heat sink and fan on it. <clears throat> so I'm curious. And of course, you know, the, the other thing is, and I know Luke has been at this, and a lot of people are trying to figure out what their... Um, their graphs uh, were saying, oh, it's 80% faster than this, 9%. Like, what does that really mean? The thing that I mentioned yeah. during, the sh during the presentation is they kept switching metrics. They would say percentage one time and then times the next time. And you might think, oh, it's just, uh, what, who cares? Because it's not the same thing exactly. You either say percentages the entire time or you say times all the time. It's weird to say 80% and then say two and a half times. Like, why? Just, just say the percentage or just say the times. Uh, so it's, it's a very strange, <clears throat> very strange um, thing. But I suspect it's going to be amazing because the M1 was great. The Pro was great. The Max was crazy. Putting two Maxes together, it sounds like putting it on steroids. It sounds like it's incredible, right? So I don't suspect it's going to be any kind of, like, worry. The thing is going to be crazy. Um, I and it, and it is, like moving the needle forward. I saw this thing when John Prosser did his video, uh, what was it yesterday, which I also want to talk about. Um, he talked about how Intel is um, working on making a chip that's supposed to compete with like the M1 or whatever, or the M1 Max or something that should be out in a couple of years. I mean, Apple's already beaten it. <laughs> it's it's kind of hilarious. I hope Intel's doing more yeah. than just that. I think the craziest thing about this is if we saw this, and we didn't get Apple walking out in their presentation and going, by the way, we are still working on a Mac Pro. I think most of us would have looked at this device and went, oh, that's yeah. the new Mac Pro. That's the top performance. That looks that looks about right. That looks about right. That looks good. Yeah. They are going to come out with an even more powerful system than this, which will probably be four of these M1 Max chips stitched together or two of these Ultra chips, if you want to call it that. Which means this is half of what they're capable of right now. And that to me is the most insane part of this. They're not even wonder, they're not even done. Still Well, and, and then we're gonna start seeing the prices of the what we used to see with the the pros, right? <clears throat> Those yeah, really the, like ten thousand dollars. I felt PCs comfortable the, buying this computer because I went, Okay, that Mac Pro, whatever the whatever that is. Uh-uh, not for me. That That's where I draw the line. If I'm... Yeah, it, the, Travis, the moment I'm spending $6,000 for the computer and it only comes with half a terabyte of storage, that's where I'm like, yeah. nope, no, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> I always say that no matter what it is, usually cars, but in this case, computers, the starting price is never the configuration you want. Yeah. It just isn't. They're like, you can, oh, starting price of Lexus is... $30,000. You don't want that Lexus because you got to pay more for like air conditioning and everything. Like you don't want the 30000 You don't want the base model Lexus or Tesla. You don't want that. You want the thing you saw and the thing that was in all the benchmarks. And that thing is not the base. That's not what that is. So yeah, you're 100% right. By the time you get to the point where you're really kind of happy with it, you're a lot more over like, so how much was your, the, the big, you got two configurations where you get a base yeah, and then I whatever you the got. Yeah, I the base model because I, I wanted to kind of test that out. Um, because I really looked at it and I wanted to give people solid advice. And I went, honestly, I think this, you know, pick whatever storage you need, but that just chip configuration comes with 32 gigabytes of memory by default of, mm. of Ram. Like, that's Hey, good. that's good <laughs> for Apple. Oh my. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> uh, so that for $2,000, honestly, Hey, that might be with the exception of storage. That might be the configuration you actually want. Right. I think that's going to end up being the one to get. I think this Ultra yeah. is mostly going to be pretty needless, even going into it. Uh, but I'm I'm curious, so I did want to get the Ultra, and then I kind of spec that machine out for me. I went over that in a whole video talking about why I made the decisions I made. And at a certain point, uh, the 120 gigabytes of memory, I was like, well, can't replace it later. Why not just max it out now? 
uh, especially because you're already spending so much money on everything else. And then the thing that really got me, Travis, uh, configuring my machine was I eat up storage like crazy. And I know you can hang mm. external drives off and I know all, all this stuff. Don't tell me that. Uh, but the, the SSDs in these things are really, really fast. And they do speed up your workflows when you're exporting, when you're importing video files. So having that amount of storage in there, for me, it's like a time is money kind of situation. If I have all this storage in there, I get my videos done faster. And that's a good thing for me. It saves me time. And at the end of the day... If I can throw money at a problem and I can get things done and not have to worry about deleting files or managing it, I'm I'm doing that because that's going to help me out in the long run. So I maxed out the storage on this. Uh, I went eight terabytes. And the crazy part about that is the eight terabyte storage upgrade is literally more money than just getting the base model configuration. It's like a $2,400 <laughs> add-on. You could save $400 by just getting the base model. So that's probably my biggest flaw, and it's where, honestly, most of the price went in for my configuration, which is like a $7,000 configuration. Oh, my God. Jeez, Greg. I didn't get the max ultra chip, though. There was like one other ultra chip where it was like, I think mine has 48 GPU cores, and then you could spend $1,000 to get 64 GPU cores, but the CPU cores are exactly the same, so you're literally spending $1,000 for... More like what? Uh, how many more is that? Is it? Uh, I can't do math. 14 more GPU cores? 14? That sounds mm. right. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Or is it 16? I don't know. Anyway, uh, you spend that much more money and it's $1,000. So the only upgrade there would be GPU. I need GPU for my job, but I'm not, I'm not playing games on this because the Mac can't really game anymore. So I don't really see that much need to... Uh, Put money into a GPU. If it was, and I don't know what Apple's strategy is for gaming in the future, it's a big market for high-end customers, which I guess they kind of want to chase now. Mm -hmm. If they did have a gaming strategy here, I would have invested the extra money into the GPU. Yeah. But they don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad. We'll see what happens there because um, I feel like that's the last thing that Apple, if I... they're really serious about this, needs to figure out the, this you know all these chips are m1 still so they're they're more cores of stuff but really it's still the first generation of this chip in, in different kind of configurations the fact that they are even competitive with a 3090 whether it's lower or, mm -hmm. or it's just a little bit right. higher in certain instances the fact that they're competitive with the 3090 and that it's using i think they said 200 watts of less power mm-hmm you come back to me in this chip in three generations. Is it is it the leading graphics card on the market? Can you get anything better? And if Apple isn't thinking of a way to get into that gaming market, if they aren't, they have all the money. They could do yeah. a Microsoft. They could buy Valve. They could own Steam. Mm -hmm. They could own the Steam store. They could bring everything right. over to Mac or do something like that. If they aren't thinking of a way to get these gaming experiences on these Mac desktops. I know they're I know they make more money in mobile gaming, but if it listen, at this point in the market, you want to get every little bit of money where you can. They wouldn't be making these desktops if they didn't think they could make money on it like your point to the iPhone SE argument. I mm. I really would love to see them get into gaming because this box at $2000, maybe it doesn't maybe you I'm sure you could probably build a better gaming pc but if you mm -hmm. tell me i can go into the store especially now with all of these scalpers everything if i can go into the store and buy this two thousand dollar box and play triple a games on it at like a pretty good resolution frame rate and i just plug it into the wall and you know you got all the apple simplicity i would buy it if i could have a console like experience with pc gaming mm -hmm. i think that's a really big market yeah, hundred percent. And I think there, there's so many opportunities here because of what they're able to do this generation. Maybe once they get into two M2 or M3, they'll really start to consider it. Um, M1 is probably a little early for that, but the 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 fact that technically they're still in the first generation, they're just stitching them together, and it makes it uh, it, it, I, it it's just incredible, Greg. And I don't want to sit here and sound like, oh my God, Apple's so great. That's not really what's going on here, but they're kind of great. Like, what the hell? 
this is some stuff that could have been done before Apple ever figured it out themselves. And the only reason this is happening is because Intel dropped the ball years ago and slowed down Apple's process. So Apple was like, you know what? In order for us to go where we wanna go, we're gonna have to do it ourselves, which is kind of ballsy, but they're doing it, which is really weird because they should not be able to do what they've done so fast. And no matter if you like Apple or don't like them, whatever they can, like, who cares? It is a monumental task that is making Intel sit up and notice it. Everyone, including Microsoft noticed from the M one, forget about this pros and maxes. They were doing commercials, trying to talk down the M one. Do you think for a minute they didn't care if they spent money on advertising to try to do these commercials that are supposed to talk about how you don't need the M one or windows is better. So, no, that scared them because you don't sit in a marketing meeting and go, let's make a marketing thing to try to, you know, slow down the, the hype train of this other product, unless you're kind of worried. Yeah, no, uh, there's just, there's nothing like it in AMD's, you know, AMD has powerful processors, Intel has some powerful processors. It's the energy efficiency with the power you're getting with these that are really impressive, especially when most people just buy a laptop where I think these are really where they truly excel. But the fact that they took what started off as iPhone mobile chips and have scaled it up to this point where we're now talking about a desktop class processor that competes with the highest end Intel and AMDs. Um, it's a testament to what Apple's done here with their silicon. I, yeah, I agree. if Intel didn't drop the ball, I don't think we're looking at Apple dealing with the hassle of moving over to their own custom chips. But uh, that's what happened. And it's it was interesting to watch their event. And uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, it was an Apple Silicon event. Every introduction with the iPhone SE to the iPad Air to this new Mac, it started off talking about the silicon that's inside of it. It's, it's kind of like this shift in Apple where, I don't know, I feel like Apple used to not talk about specs all that much, but they did a lot of talking about specs about like these chips and stuff like that. So they are, I think they're really happy with uh, what they've done with silic their Apple Silicon. And uh, it's yeah. very impressive. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the M1 Ultra reviews. So uh, just a couple quick things. I've seen a couple things in the chat go by. I just want to quickly touch on them. Uh, we're definitely going to have to do another supercast uh, with, you know, Rene yeah. Ritchie and, and We're going to get, uh, you know, the next uh, Apple leaker, Luke Miani, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can maybe get the get, behind get the scenes of that. Get some Gadgetcast exclusives, I think. I don't yeah. know. I, maybe we should try to get them for next weekend. I think that's appropriate. I think by that point, most of the, well. They might be I busy. Guess some of the, they might be busy. That's right. You know? They, what they ship. Maybe what do the they week ship after like? that or something. We'll have when to do they, when do they start coming in? The 18th? I mean, Renee already has it, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. For us Renee normal folk. Uh, It'll be Friday, the 18th. Yeah, so maybe Duke won't, but uh, by that point, Renee's already got his video shot. Well, well Duke, I forgot Duke about that. will certainly not, <clears throat> apparently. <you know? laughs> yeah, not, he will not. Not now. <laughs> he pretty much, see, I, told, I tweeted at him, I was like, you pretty much sealed your fate of never getting Apple stuff. As soon as you leak something, it's especially something like that the day before, it's like... You're yeah, on, you're on the yeah. list, Luke. I hate to bring yeah, it. Yeah, you're to on the head. list now. You're definitely on the list now. We can talk to him about that, uh, Gary, and all those guys. Maybe we'll have all those guys over, if not next weekend, then the weekend after. Um, okay, but what was I going to say? Oh yeah, so I, I want to save some of that for there, and I definitely am interested in what what you see when you do it. What are some of the kind of? Oh yeah. So anyway, sorry. Chat was like, "Well, is this good enough for editing?" And some people are like, "Well, you know, you should get the big one because YouTube editors." Need well, so here's the reality. First of all, Greg's ridiculous. Oh yeah, hundred uh, so percent. Don't there. be me. When it when it comes to when it comes to hardware, Apple's uh, Greg's a little ridiculous. <laughs> so, should you buy like the studio or something for videos? Maybe. I mean, there's other products hey. out that Apple has right now that do that. No, I, but well, I think if you're like a YouTube editor, like I, like the M1 Mac Mini, I think is like the best value you can get if you're doing any sort of sure. editing. And I yeah. think you'll be very happy with the machine for the price you pay for it. But I'm going to be honest with you. If you're if you're like serious into YouTube, you're making money on it, and you mm -hmm. buy that base configuration of the M the the Mac Studio, two thousand dollars. I mean, that's fair for what you're getting. Yeah, and it's going to grow. That's not what I was it's going to grow with you. Like if you're not 
crazy and replacing it every year. You really shouldn't be doing that with any of these computers. That thing is going to grow with you for like the next 10 years. Yeah. So, but what I'm more talking about is the storage because oh, storage, no matter yes. what device it is, um, Apple hits you over the head with the price on storage. So a lot of people are like, well, your video, your video file is going to be bigger. You should pay the extra money for the storage. Yes. No, maybe so. Yeah. Here's, here's my thought on it. So while you're editing speed is definitely critical. And while there are some great um, USB-C, uh, Thunderbolt, whatever SSD drives that are probably just as fast for anything, for things like the <clears throat> what the studio can do with like 8K files and all the stuff they were talking about, you're probably going to want to be on the internal drive. However, after the file is done, you should be offloading that stuff off your computer. It should be on a storage drive somewhere else. It should be somewhere not on your main computer. Because nine times out of ten, you're not going to go back to any of that footage anytime soon. Uh, you may reference some of it later, but you can take a bit of the final video project, which is much smaller than the raw files, and just have them sitting around your hard drive while everything else gets put on a NAS drive or somewhere else so that you're not putting eight gigs of footage from two years ago that you're never going to look at again. So you don't really need an eight terabyte, like, you know, drive for that stuff, unless you're like doing movies and stuff. Um, you don't really need it. It's for like a different level of creator or, or production house or whatever the heck. But as we started this conversation by saying, Greg is a little ridiculous, but I kind of appreciate that for Greg. He is the guy that paid a thousand dollars for a stand that I don't even know what you're using it for right now. Do you think the, the new display will work on that? <laughs> no, no, that's the bad thing. I did a video today talking about the display. And um, if you look at the display options, there's literally a warning from Apple going, Pick the one you want now. You cannot change it. So, Dang. Hey, you're stuck. Oh, man. That's no, I, I agree. Yeah. The storage thing is, I said it was a little bit ridiculous. Uh, I said it would yeah. help me out. It will help me out with time and, you know, uh, offloading it to external. That's the thing, right? You have to offload it to external. It takes time to do that. But Travis is right. You kind of want to work with multiple storage options when you're dealing with these files. I like to have at least like a month's worth of footage of the things I've been talking about. Cause I usually do like a month's follow up and offload that. But after that, mm. it's like, yeah, you put it onto an external drive. Maybe you reference yeah. it sometime in the future. Sometimes, uh, I just go on YouTube and download a little, uh, clip of what I've already recorded and don't even bother getting yeah, the full resolution I file. Cause it's like, literally here's a five that. second yes. segment that no one's going to notice that I ripped off. of Exactly. YouTube. Uh, it's fine. A hundred percent. And that's why you don't need large. You don't need yeah. large well, storage on your main PC. You just don't enough for whatever you have installed a little bit of slush and then whatever files you're transferring over from your SD card or your, whatever it is. And it only stays there for a little while. Like if you're not someone who's yeah. editing the stuff, you probably don't realize this, but as soon as it's done, you upload it, that stuff can go away and you're editing off your hard drive, but you don't need a, you don't even need like a two terabyte hard. You don't, you don't need it because no. unless you're doing 8k footage, it's just super huge. Greg, what is your, like, what is your normal size of your raw video footage? Just out, out of curiosity, typically for like a 15 minute video that you do. Uh, I, I couldn't even tell you, uh, not, not that much. Honestly, it's probably 15 minutes, probably like six gigabytes. Yeah. That's the final project. But what about the raw, the raw footage? Would you say like how long, if no, you have I a 15 think, minute video, how long, I think the raw footage is shot? about six gigs. Okay. Six gigs, not terabytes. He didn't say he said gigs. So yeah. I think at the end of the day, like for people who don't realize that that's how it works for like YouTubers, you don't really need but, two terabytes. But as either. you know, but you should, working with Final Cut, the projects can expand quite a bit. Yeah, they can, they can go big, <laughs> but you don't even, but they don't even need to because these things are so powerful. Now you don't really need proxies for half this stuff right, anymore. Right, right. It just plain works, which is kind of incredible. Uh, so again, not to say don't get it. I'm just saying it's, if we're talking about when I talk about this stuff, I really talk about like, well, what's real? Like what's real? Should you get it? Sure. Of course. Get a oh, terabyte. No, no. Of course. Of course. Of this course. This is like course, an Andrew Edwards getting uh 756 gigabytes of Ram for his Mac pro. That, that guy's never <laughs> using that. Yeah. I don't know why he got that. That's such a waste of money. Um, <gasps> but um, <laughs> uh, I have a four terabyte MacBook pro, which is a lot already. And I filled that up already a few times. So nice. Uh, so, so I, I already found the need and went, okay, I've done this before. Uh, let me just double it and that'll save some time. But like if I was, as I said in my videos, if I was recommending this to like a normal person um, or even a video editor, honestly, to make the, to make the economic choice, it would be 
maybe spend two hundred dollars to get the one terabyte version. I think that's yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree but, with that. But hey, you have six or four Thunderbolt and two really fast USB-C ports on this device, two USB-A ports. You got a lot of ports. Hang a, it's a desktop. You're not moving it. Hang a big external drive off of that thing or get network attached storage. You'll be paying a fraction of the price for these storage options and you'll be, and hey, if you run out of storage, you can just swap in another drive if you need to. Like it's, it'll, you'll do fine with just that. And that's kind of like the great flexibility of having all those ports on that desktop. I know you can't open it up and put your own stuff in there, but with how fast external uh, drives are and how fast Thunderbolt is, there's really no limitation in the speed of the storage now, which is great. Uh, and by the way, you should be doing that anyway. Imagine your brand new Mac Studio crashes for some reason and corrupts files and you lost eight terabytes worth of... <laughs> <laughs> and you have no backup. How cringe are you for doing it that way? What is wrong with you? You should be that's backing next, up your stuff anyway. That's my next video. Uh, my eight terabyte Mac Pro <laughs> ruined my YouTube channel. <laughs> Canceled, Canceled by lack of storage. Okay. Well, anyway, listen, we got a lot to talk about, but we'll do, we'll finish that up um, next week. Let me real quick talk about two other things. And do you, what else do you have before, before I finish off with these kind of not important stories? No, I, I, think that's it are we going to talk about the studio display at all that would just be the nah let's save that for next week. device okay because you're gonna have it i think a display is different you like need to look at it like we can talk about it but i want you i want you to tell us when you're looking at it i feel like i'll respect your Watch, opinion uh, more then. for people who want more from gadget cast go to greg's gadgets youtube channel i just put a video up about why i bought the studio display uh display as well so you can find out that ridiculousness as well all right, so last thing for the for today's show before Aftercast, which people wanting to do one question go. So maybe we'll do that, but we'll probably put a twist on that. Um, okay, so <laughs> I've been doing these Switch videos. I don't know if, if any, if you have not been watching, they're some of the best videos I think I've done. I'm going to give you guys and gals a little bit of a behind the scenes of something that's going on, which I think is great. <clears throat> so as before the video came out that I did yesterday, which is doing very well, people seem to really enjoy it. Uh, I had considered expanding the series because I thought, I think there's something behind it. If you're not familiar, it's when I take someone who either has an iPhone or a Samsung phone or any Android really, and then have them switch to the opposite for a period of time to see if they would ever switch or whatever. And it really is about showing someone something new and then, you know, documenting that process. And then at the end saying, Hey, would you switch now? And it's been really interesting. It's been some of the most compelling stuff I think I've ever done because I'm in suspense and I'm shocked at the end. So I decided that I, I was going to start moving into, I think I was going to start inviting some tech YouTubers to do this. Now, the obvious, the, there's two obvious people that people would say, well, you should do these people. It would be you, obviously, right? Because mm. we work together. Uh, and then Renee Ritchie, who, to my knowledge, never really has covered Android at all. I, I'm sure he's probably using Android phone here or there. Like, those are obvious ones, right? To switch you guys from iPhone to Android. Well, before I got to that point, I wanted to... And this is kind of silly. I wanted to um, do a case study, so to speak. I wanted to try try it out with someone that I felt like more comfortable. Well, I'd feel comfortable with you. I could have done it with you. But someone I felt like I could really not only do it and then, you know, get something good back. But as I started to think more about it, I wanted it to be funny rather than serious. So that person, and I'm just telling, I've hinted at it on Twitter. I think I might even have said it, but I'll say it to the GadgetCast is John Prosser, and he's in the middle of it right wow. now. He's in the middle of this switch right now. He'll be finished up this week. We had an hour conversation when I explained to him what the switch was, I, which, by the way, is going to be the name of the series. I'm calling it the switch. Now I just need to have a really cool intro made. Um, <laughs> and we, we talked for an hour, and it was some of the funniest. Th I was crying. I was laughing so hard at one point because this was not just a regular switch video, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. There is a huge twist to this. And if you watched front page tech this pat the other day, you saw part of the big twist. So I'm going to leave it for that. We'll, we'll have more. We can talk more about it next weekend or whatever, especially if the um, supercast doesn't come. But if you missed the front page tech from just the other day, watch it. It's not even something that's hidden. It's in plain sight. 
So I'm excited to get that one done because I think it's going to be lots of fun. And then, Greg, we'll see. Maybe we'll <clears throat> maybe we'll try you out for a week. Who knows? Do you think? I mean, you've used the Pixel and stuff, so it's not as interesting. But you've not used them as like a daily driver for like a week or anything, right? Like you've just been an iPhone pretty much for years. Uh, well, when I have done like Android phones, I'll use it for like the whole week, kind of. So I yeah. guess so. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I'm primarily iPhone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, the idea behind it is is not just for people who've never tried Android or anything out before. It's it's about people who have been, you know, entrenched in something for a couple of years. So it doesn't you don't have to be forever an iPhone user or or reversed. At any rate, we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, for the people here in the live stream, we'll do a little bit of fun stuff uh, with you guys and gals. But until uh, then, uh, he's Greg. I'm Travis. This is Gadgetcast. We'll see you guys and girls next week.